So. <laughs> well, we're not showing video. We just have to worry about. Yeah, nobody, nobody knows. Too, so. so it's all. Nobody good. knows. Nobody knows. Yeah, as far as they know, we're in a lava pit fighting dinosaurs while we're doing this. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Especially if you do sound effects. I <laughs> hope that'll work. <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons game. Hello and welcome back to another episode of DNBeats Podcast. I'm your host Jake Lionheart, and for this episode we have the wonderful Megami, who's stepping in to talk about D&D music. Uh, she is an artist, a singer, gamer, magical girl, and uh, soon to be DM. So we we get into all of those things in this episode. I will make uh, I guess an editor's note that uh, I forgot to talk about the song at the end. Um, kind of segueing into it we kind of just signed off uh but that's because during the episode megami actually goes into the meaning of the song and everything else so i think subconsciously i was like hey that covers <laughs> the music at the end so just want to say stamp like stick around at the end and hear the wonderful song killers of kirkistan uh you, you don't want to miss that so that out of the way let's also get housekeeping out of the way if you want to support the show, check out the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Jake Lionheart. If you want to help uh, with any donations to help pay booth rent to keep me on the internet, head over to ko-fi.com. That's ko-fi.com forward slash Jake Lionheart. And if you're interested in being a part of the show, want to be interviewed, talk about your art, talk about D&D, talk about why you love them both and how you combine them, email me at dnbeatspodcast at gmail.com. That's the letter D, the letter N podcast or I mean beats podcast can i try again let me try again i'm not going to edit this let's just try again you can email me at the letter d the letter n beats podcast at gmail.com we'll schedule you see how i stopped for the, that symbol okay anyways i'm stalling too much now email me we'll talk about it we'll schedule you and we'll we'll talk about art and D. anyways here's the episode i hope you enjoy It starts like this. We've already been chatting for a little bit. My guest, ladies and gentlemen, is the one and only Megami. Hi. Hey. <laughs> and I, I'm gonna, I'm a boast now, because this is coming out later in the future. But uh, Megami is an amazing DM, and uh, all of us playing Aww. this game are having an absolute blast, and we're probably talking about it a lot on Twitter. So you can blame her for being awesome. So there we go. I'm setting it up. I'm scared and excited. <laughs> but yeah, so this is just, uh, we're just talking music, talking D&D, and just see what happens because um, I love music, I love D&D, and you love music, and you love D&D. Yeah. And then so we're just going to see what's, what's what happens. So start off with the two important questions that this whole yeah. podcast is based on. The first one, yeah. question 1A, when did you first get into music? Oh, snap. Um, is two years old allowed? If you can remember, yeah. I don't see why not. Uh, well, my mom, like, my mom swears that at, 
like, well, actually, before that, she swears that, like, one day she was singing to me, and she stopped, and, like, she heard me as a, like, as a baby, like, less than a year old, like, kind of cooing, trying to sing back to her. Oh. Um, so that's super, like, it's, you know, it's one of my mom's stories, um, but I kind of, like, I just feel like music's always been with me. It's always been who I'm supposed to be, I guess. Um, and then, so, music in a more formal uh, motion, I guess. Like, I was in elementary school choirs, audition mm-hmm. choirs for the city. I did um, audition choirs throughout middle school, throughout high school. Um, I then did audition groups in college, and actually I got music scholarships for singing so that, you know, music helped pay for my education um, along with my grades, so that was kind of cool. Very cool. Um, So I've always been involved in music in one way or another, uh, not necessarily writing music Mm. um, and, and, you know, getting out there till here recently, Mm -hmm. um, but definitely always singing and being a part of some sort of musical something or other. Got you. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. I wonder, like, do you ever wonder if your mom was just like, it's my baby and she's cooing at me because she loves me or is like, no, she's singing. I I think she wholeheartedly <laughs> believes I was singing. Nice. Yeah. Because she's, she's also very like straight on the up and up. Like she's not one to make stuff up either. So. Oh, I got you. I got you. Yeah. I'm just you wondering. Know, I don't know. I don't know how I, like, yeah, maybe part of it's like, oh, you're just, you know, it's your baby girl, but, like, yeah. part of me wants to believe that it's, that it's true, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, I'm like that as, I'm like that as a always been there. <laughs> yeah. I'm like that as a dad. I'm like, what are you guys going to do that's going to be awesome? Then I'm going to be like, he did that at two years old, and he was climbing fences, <laughs> and he, like, he, like, broke a brick with his forehead. I'm like, he's so strong. He's only three. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking for those stories to tell about, about them when yeah. they're older, but yeah, that's so that's very awesome. Which brings us to the next question, since you told us kind of what your first thing about music is. Question one, part B: What got you into Dungeons and Dragons? Uh, so we actually started. It was my husband, okay. um, and we actually started through Pathfinder. Oh. And so we started playing Pathfinder, and um, he ran a, a few games, and then I ran a couple of sessions, and uh, I still remember the Tower of Power was <laughs> the one that the, the one that I remember most. Uh, we ran for a friend's birthday, or I ran for a friend's birthday, and nice. you know I had the the map out, the grid out, uh, and I was. So I tend to, I just over-prepare. I over-prepare. That <laughs> yeah. is, I like world building. I We have talked about this here, mm-hmm. especially recently. So, like, in preparation for this game, I had drawn out, like, I went and I got poster board. I had drawn out shops with merchandise on it. And, oh, nice. Like, I had the grid out, and I did every level of this tower that they had to go through. And um, it, it just was a fun thing to do and then from there um my hubby was listening to podcasts and he was like oh I know these people and he was like hey you should check out Critical Role and so on one of our trips that we took overseas 
you know, in the before times. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the before COVID yeah. times. Before um, times. We, that's just one of our things. Like, we love to travel and, mm. and all that. So we decided to put on the, the Critical Role Season 2 podcast, um, Episode 1, while we drove up to Chicago. So it was like a five-hour drive. So oh. we listened to the first episode of Critical Role <laughs> Season 2 on the way to the airport to go to Madrid. Oh, wow. And got hooked and so we had kind of already started the transition from pathfinder to D, like at our home games mm-hmm. um and so then after that we just kind of we just kind of picked up the the whole dnd nice shit, so <laughs> yeah critical role will do that to you you listen to one episode and you're like what is happening what is this what is happening yeah i'm addicted i am jester <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. I think I I had a friend like recommend it to me because I was at work with like needing a podcast. And he's all, yeah, listen to that podcast. And I went on Spotify not realizing that it goes from newest to oldest episode. So the oh. first thing was the Dallin's Closet one shot thing that they had. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. Not the one sh- that one. That was um the search for Grog. So I didn't yeah. even I didn't even know who I didn't first off didn't know who all these characters were, but then Travis right. was playing a completely different character, right. and it wasn't until the very end where I guess spoilers for anybody who hasn't watched it, but um, yeah, he breaks out of the crystal and then has like two natural twenties in a row and saves the day, and just everybody <laughs> shouting and being excited and stuff. I was like, what is? I I remember having chills. I'm like, I don't know yeah. what's happening, but this is exciting. And but I need it in my life. Exactly, yeah. So that's, yeah, I'm the same way. You listen to them once, and you're like, day, day. Um, yeah. <laughs> but um, moving on, because I just, I like transitioning between and seeing how they both kind of connect in people's lives. Um, yeah. In that first part of the music thing, you mentioned that you would uh, do music that wasn't necessarily you writing, which brings right. up, you segued it so well. Um, the next question is, do you remember the first song that you either wrote, recorded, or performed? In this case, it's probably all three different things. The first one you wrote, the first thing you recorded, and it's the first thing you performed. Which for the other two, the other two interviews I've had so far, that's all been, the first one I wrote is the first one I recorded. So. Yeah, no, for me it is different. Um, so the first one I wrote I couldn't tell you what it is because I I hit a point, I think, in high school. Uh, high school and college, I started kind of dabbling in poetry. And so I just had notebooks filled with, mm. you know, scribbles of things that could potentially be poetry, could potentially be songs. And then in college, I started writing more songs, per se. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the... First things I recorded was with the help of my cousin, who's actually um, a music producer out in LA. Oh, nice! Um, and so he had to like come over for a visit uh, when we were taking care of my grandfather before he passed away, and so we just like did a a kind of slosh together, you know, whatever, and we, and we recorded a song. Um, and I want to say, I want to say it was from my EP from Blue. Oh. I think that song is in there. Um, so, yeah. And then 
the first song I released, though, oh. was The Gentleman. Aha. Uh-huh. Which was a Critical Role fan song. Yeah. And you know that one well, because that's how we connected. It was, yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm glad I did that. Yeah, it was very cool. Yeah, I remember hearing that, and I'm like, I think I was just trying to get into remixing, and I'm like, this doesn't have drums, so I can mess with it however I want. <laughs> I'm not like, yeah, I'm not, I mean, I learned from it, but yeah. And sure enough, yeah, here it is like, hey, here's a beat for an EP. Do you like this beat? And here we are going to be playing Dungeons and Dragons. And we were siblings in a one shot. We were! Yeah. We got rose! <laughs> yeah. Hermano y hermana. <laughs> That's right. Coming into that salsa beat. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah, music. That was, and, that was a good dynamic. That was a good dynamic. Yeah, yeah. I'm just, I don't know if, if Danny is listening to this, but if you're listening to this in the future, Danny, I'm just saying, you know, feel like mm-hmm. running another one shot or something. Like, you know. I mean, yeah, Nico and Rose definitely are, <laughs> are willing. I mean... Roses and I mean Nico saved the day with that yeah, shot yeah, there yeah, at yeah, the yeah, end. Yeah. So, yeah, I almost you know. yeah murdered friends, but still <laughs> one shot. No, no one, no one died. No one died. I just like that. I was like one shot, you guys, and it was like one shot. And I'm like I shoot an arrow at a thing that might crush three of our friends. So. <laughs> yeah, we all came and out we, alive. Yes, we we all. I was gonna throw bookcases on them. That's true. So I mean, I was. I was going to squish them with Oh my god, we're <laughs> chaos. The siblings are going to smash all their friends. <laughs> it's great. I just got to it before you could. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, that's awesome. So those are your, I guess, first like recorded song and, and, and stuff like that. Which brings me to, do you remember, if it has been a while, your first D&D character that you ever made? Been a while. Um... <laughs> couldn't help it man yeah it's there um uh my first real D character i think i'm gonna say was nathrally darkstorm oh yeah she was in air genasi and uh this was actually for the tomb of annihilation uh arc that we ran and so she started off uh very greedy and she was very like "Ooh, shiny mine <laughs> all the mines yeah <laughs> um but i will say i think she kind of redeemed herself uh the the tomb did take her life <laughs> um so she did not make it out of the tomb but she so she turned to stone as she was carrying out another player character. The other characters were able to take the other character out of her arms before she crumbled. Wow. Yeah, she turned to stone and crumbled. So wow. bye-bye, Nathrali. No. <laughs> That's such a cool name, though, Nathrali. <laughs> So good. I like the name Nathrali Darkstorm. Darkstorm. Did you have a voice or was this so, so like early um, on? No, no, not really. Okay. I didn't really have a voice for her. I, I've had, I have, I've had a voice for a 
character after her. Gotcha. But not just sounds like Dark Storm. Nazrali Dark Storm's here. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Oh man, what a way to go out, though, right? Like, yeah, yeah, turn to stone and then literally just crumble, like crumble into dust. What level were you guys? This is like low level. I was. She no, I think she was like eleven or twelve. Oh, okay. So. She was up there. Um, she was a. I think I was playing a ranger. Yeah. Oh, very yeah. cool. So, I could take it. <laughs> but I mean, it's like, oh, man, because it it was a while, and and not not gonna lie, part of me wanted to get out of that freaking tomb alive, <laughs> but I think that tomb did its job because we lost a lot of player characters Ooh. in in that campaign. Yeah. So we had. We had to, to roll new characters uh, to be able to finish that storyline. It, it was rough. It was rough. Dang. It's like more of kind of like a meat grinder one, right? Like, yes. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Well, and it's and it's kind of like in two parts because when you're in Cholt, uh, I won't spoil too much for anybody who's wanting to play the campaign, but so when you're in Cholt, there's like this outside like jungle area that feels very exploratory and you can just kind of do your own thing and you can bring in your own homebrew elements if you want but then mm. like once you reach the tomb itself it's just like level after level after level of death ah. and there's some encounters in the tomb that are meant to be tpk oh. like wipe you out if you get stuck in there wow. so watch out <laughs> It's coming for you. (laughs) So go and purchase Tomb of Annihilation at a store near you. Yeah. Or online. Yeah. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, So moving on to some more now music-inspired questions. Um, What would you say it is about music that you fell in love with or that keeps drawing you back into it especially since it's been in your case so prominent in your life and throughout your life yeah i think it's just the difference of it like the flexibility of music right Mm -hmm. um i heard once that music begins where language fails Mm. like that's where music is born where where you have no words or can't express it right like Mm -hmm. that's where music then is born and I really like that I like that thought um a lot of what I did for example in college was a lot of the more classical stuff so we're doing um stuff in German and we're doing stuff in Latin you know in Italian Mm -hmm. things of that nature um you know choral pieces meant for small ensembles like 12 voices or something Mm mm-hmm um, so it very, you know, classical and whatever, but then you get out in like the fan world and then you've got, <laughs> you know, Spencer rocking out and you've got Chase with his smoothness and then you got you over here dropping bars nah. and, you know, <laughs> but it's, it's just, there's so much flexibility to music yeah. and, um, I feel like it's one of those things where, like, I feel like I'm talented um, but at the same time, I feel like there's a lot that I don't know and a lot that I'll, 
like I'll never know. And so it's like always learning something. Mm. And when you make connections with other critter nerds or just music nerds in general, you know, they have a specialty. You can kind of like pull from them, pick their brain and then wonderful collaborations are born. And then you get those creative juices flowing and you're just like back and forth, you know, just like, ah, and (laughs) it builds excitement. And when you can geek out with somebody like, Oh my God, Oh my God, Oh my God, Mm -hmm. this thing that I'm working on, you know, (laughs) it's just, it's just super exciting. So it definitely keeps me hooked. Very cool. Um, let's see if I can remember these. So my, my two questions that spawn from that question is, since you're doing these different pieces in other languages, what is it, and, and again, assuming that you're not fluent in German and these other languages <laughs> that you're singing in, is there anything or is there anything or is there something, a spark or some kind of magic in that, that even though you don't know the language, it does something to you emotionally or makes you want to move or inspires you absolutely absolutely um i think i think sometimes you just listen to like the harmony or the way that a certain note hits right and it just gives you goosebumps and you might not exactly know you know the general translation right of what Mm -hmm. you're singing or you can read a translation and and but you you still get feeling from the music itself uh and actually so as an example of of that again one of one of the trips that my husband and i went to went to the uk and we went to a place called norwich and it's probably my favorite place in all of the cities that we went to in the uk even above london Mm. uh and so we went to a little cathedral there and i will always remember this for the rest of my life we walked in, and there was a choir practicing in this cathedral, and it wasn't English, but just the way that their voices came together and just filled that space. Like, I sat down on the floor as a group was, like, walking around getting a tour, <laughs> and I just sat there, and I had tears in my eyes oh, and wow. just goosebumps, like, up and down mm. just because it was almost spiritual, like, how beautiful it was mm-hmm. and the emotion being portrayed, the feeling. So, yeah, I don't need to understand right. what the words were saying <laughs> to to understand the music. It's just beautiful. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Yeah, because when you when – you- First brought that up, it, it reminded me of, um, and I'm not going to say the name right, but it's Nina Simone's song, Ne Me Quite Pas, or something like that. Ne Me Quite Pas. Okay. And I think it's I French. Think I think I know. And, but I mean, for one, it's Nina Simone, so no matter what Nina Simone sings, it's either going to move you or make you cry. But then, like, <laughs> just the way she delivers this, I'm like, I don't want to, and I send you another song today for something else, and I'm like, I don't want it translated for me, I just want to sit there and let it move me even though i because like you said it's it's where like where language fails um and then yeah and i brought that up also because i remember hearing and i don't know who to credit this to but it was this i'm pretty sure it's a jazz musician talking about how like you know him and maybe a man from japan can see one another and in the same way like have a horrible time trying to communicate but then all of a sudden one picks up a guitar and the other one goes to the piano 
Yeah. And then all of a sudden... You have a conversation. They're having a conversation, yeah. And so that was one of those things you brought that up. I'm like, I have to bring this up because it's it's yes. such a... And I, I figured you would have a nice story like that because I can only imagine, like... And it's like an old cathedral, too, I imagine, right? So just oh, history. Oh, yeah, hundreds of years. Like, yeah. older than America. Yeah. <laughs> and you're sitting there listening to these people just harmonize and sing. And, yeah, yeah. that sounds so awesome. Yeah. Um, it was unreal. That's that's cool. Um so with now that we've talked about what drew you into music and that different magical element, what magical element of D and D do you love, and what is it that makes you excited about this game? Oh snap! Yeah, if you need to sit in it for a minute, I'll just edit to when you start talking about it. <laughs> so okay, okay, say it one more time. Tell me the question one more okay. time. Okay, let's see if I can word it. Just as kind of okay as I did so in the same way you had that magic moment with music about it the love of it and drawing you in is there magic in Dungeons and Dragons that just keeps bringing you back and just keeps making you fall in love with this game yeah um I'll say the first moment of magic for me was when I was running my Tower of Power game um, and, you know, I had prepared so much and prepared so much, but then like the player characters would throw things at me that I just never anticipated mm. or even expected. And so that was like, oh, this isn't all planned out. Like <laughs> there, there are things to uncover here. Yeah. And we had this one moment where one of the party, we were on a level of this tower and it was filthy, but there were like murals on the wall and it was clearly like an abandoned temple, Mm. right? That had long been used. And that's how I presented it. Well, one of them decided that they were going to pray to the deity of this temple. Oh, and they were going to clean up the temple and leave an offering. So the magic happened when like all these light bulbs started going off in my head. And I just, by the seat of my pants, you know, started coming up with stuff and we started mm-hmm. reading a story and, you know, all of a sudden the lights went dark and it went completely black and a bluish flame lit up in one corner and another bluish flame lit up in the other corner and this voice like reverberated throughout the room and just, you know all of a sudden you have this deity yeah. actually speaking to one of your characters and you have this interaction you're just like oh this is so cool like i want more of this right yeah um and then you know moving forward years you know, I'm still getting to do like these one shots and stuff and with different characters and different people and everybody always brings something so fun to the table in a different dynamic and Mm -hmm. like something unexpected or just something really stupid that just has everybody laughing. And it's, it's just such a good time. I feel like you can, you're not only like becoming better friends with the people that you're, you're playing with, but then you're also getting to, to write a character, right? Like yeah. live this character and explore this character and what are they about? Mm-hmm. What, what would they do in this situation? It's just storytelling and I, I'm a creative mess 
um, is kind of how I like to um, sometimes describe myself because I have my hands in a little bit of everything. Mm -hmm. So it just kind of works perfect for me because it's just you can be a mess all over it and, and it just works. That's awesome. Which, funny enough, brings a great transition, even though we're not a sponsored podcast and this is not an ad. You found a very useful tool as a DM today that oh I know you're excited and you want to talk about. And so um, I think you should talk about it. Maybe we'll send it to the people and we'll get sponsored. I don't know. But. So this was, you know, I was going through and I was like, I need to find a way to organize my notes because it's turning into a rabbit hole and spreadsheets can only do so much mm-hmm. and I can't link to things and um, my hubby had been talking about like doing wiki pages and like linking from one page to another so that you could access your stuff. And I had tried to look for uh, world building things specifically through like the D and D compendium. Um, and they have all kinds of world building, uh, sites that you can go to. Some of them are, there's a lot of them that are free, mm-hmm. but it's very limited. Um, and so the other stuff you all had to pay monthly for. And I was like, well, I don't know. I mean, I could, but. Um, so I was like, you know, I just want sticky notes and like a whiteboard that I can move around and put little pins and go crazy with my red string and make mm-hmm. connections. And so I found this, this app, I guess. Um, it's called The Brain. It's just The Brain. And you go in here, and I've been on this for too many hours today, <laughs> and you can, so in your brain you have thoughts, right? Like that's your, your label. So you have your thought. And so, for example, I can I can come in here, and I'm going to go to my main thought, which is the campaign. Mm-hmm. And then under it, I've got continents and oceans and i've got player characters but then i can click on my player characters i can see all of my player characters i can see in my continents i can go and i can look at every region i can look at every city underneath each city i can make my npcs and my you know taverns or establishments i can put notes i can do the cross linking guys this is all free and it's amazeballs <laughs> i'm so excited um you can color coordinate you can stick um you can stick little icons on here for tags so if you want to put on your NPCs and you can just look at it at a glance of like, this is an unknown NPC. This NPC will give you a quest. This NPC is hostile. This NPC is friendly. Like you can do tags for all of these things. Um, and just at a glance, have all of your world right there and cross reference. And I can drop pictures in there of my <laughs> player characters and references. And I can even drop URLs in there. I can drop documents, spreadsheets, you name it. It's amazing. <laughs> and that's it. I'll stop talking about that. But check them out the brain if you're a DM yeah, um, and you're looking for a different way to, to organize your, your, your stuff, your yeah. campaign stuff. <laughs> Yeah, we've been going back and forth today about you talking about it, and you're like, I should probably talk about it. So, any DMs ah. listening out there, what is it like, thebrain.com or something like that? Um, I I want to say so, and then I think you can go to app.thebrain.com too, and you can like download it for mobile even, and it's oh, cross platform, nice. so you can do Windows, you can do Mac, you can do mobile. Yeah. Um, 
it, they have a, a local version. You can also upload it to like a cloud and then you can work on it remotely from any device. Ooh. So it just seems to be super, uh, super flexible. Nice. So with everything. folks at the Brave, this was a free ad read. Like if you guys want to yeah. throw us the some sponsorship. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, yeah, that was the goods. Yeah, me, me sneakily trying to find sponsors in the middle of a podcast. <laughs> like the old like uh, game shows where they're like in the middle of like playing a game and it's like, what if we stop for a Dr. Pepper? <laughs> okay. Dr. Pepper, if you also want to sponsor, holler at your boy. Um, <laughs> yeah, or like cheese puffs. Like I will take cheese puffs any day of the week. Yeah. Or Funyuns, just saying. Just saying. Yeah, Frito-Lay. Uh, if you got... <laughs> but, um... Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's awesome. Um, Alright. Next set of questions. Here we go. Are we going back to, to more character questions? We're gonna go to... Maybe. Maybe. Oh. This is the part of the show where I'm, I'm thinking... I'm, I've set the scene of what the art is that you do and what it is Ooh. that you do in D&D. Now let's okay. see if you have merged them or married them in a way. So my next question is, does music influence how you create or play a D&D character? If Ooh. at all. Ooh. Um. Or... Let me see. Let me add this to as like a, a if while you think of that, it could also be uh-huh. how many playlists have you made for your characters as well? Okay, so here's <laughs> here's a funny thing, and maybe I'm like I never like got into Spotify and stuff till just recently. Oh. Um, so I kind of found it a little hard to use at first. So oh. I I really haven't made playlists for yes. my characters. Um, I'm clutching my pearls. So yeah. Shame, shame on me, but <laughs> but I for this particular campaign that we are putting together, I had a player request to do something music related, and it was you know completely a hundred percent up to me if I wanted to do it. Um, which of course I was like, yeah, let's go for it, let's try it. And so I will say that. The creation of the music that I've been working on for this campaign, for this particular character and something revolving around this character, mm. is actually inspiring the, the creation of a connection to this character that I think is going to, to influence the whole party eventually. Ooh. So, And it's going to be fun. Very cool. Yeah. So now we now we're actually making music for the campaign. For the campaign. Interesting. <laughs> I Secret I have a feeling. Secrets. I have a feeling that we are are very quickly going to have enough content to create an <laughs> album. album yeah. I would say so. I think everybody is either a musician or musically inclined. Yes. In this game. Yes. More so than yeah. even my, my own last game that I was in that technically kind of had three bards. This is like, what, like five and a half bards? I mean, yeah. It's going to be... Uh, 
it's gonna be, it's gonna be fun. Yeah, it's gonna be great. Yeah, and, and we have we have guest bards. We, we do, yeah. Guest critter bards that are taking part in this whole mess. Mm-hmm. So everybody's gonna show up with a song, so that's pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's awesome. So that that goes even, I think, beyond. Does it, it has it influenced? Yes, so much so that you're actually yeah. making music for the yeah. um, the the thing. Um, the the inverse of that question would be, um, I guess, pretty obvious, especially if people listen to your music. I think during this conversation, they probably picked it up. But does has D and D a character or a story influenced your music, which you kind of did cover about like your first actual recording song being the gentleman the gentleman i guess if we can dig into that what was it that actually made you go i need to record this song i need to get it out there because i feel there's something about this i need to tell to the world about the yeah it was it was the completion of the story i think Mm. um i was I think I've always been kind of invested in Jester. And so with his relationship to Jester and then just the strong characters, right, that were around Jester, not just Jester, but Mm -hmm. the gentleman, the Ruby of the Sea, um, and then kind of getting that whole story arc of what happened in the past and finally filling those holes together. Um, And then at the time, too, I I had been listening to, to just things online and a a lot of other critter bards were releasing stuff and i know morgan had put out his sea shanty and i had always been very hesitant about putting stuff out because i kind of um felt like i was limited by the fact that i couldn't really make tracks right like that's the one thing I couldn't do. I can sing and I can write, but I don't know how to put music to things mm. a lot of time because I'm I'm an ear musician. I, I can't really do the theory. I struggle with that very much. So um, Me too. <laughs> yeah. So when he put out his song and it was a cappella, I was like, you know what? I think I can, I think I just need to go for it. And mm. I think it was just one of the moments where I was surrounded by enough people that were into the same thing. And I felt like it was a good supportive space mm-hmm. that it kind of gave me the courage to, to just go for it. Um, and then shortly after that, I released Tavern Waltz, which was based on that super sweet scene of Jester and Caleb mm-hmm. waltzing. Um, which I just absolutely adored. And I, as soon as that scene was over, I was just like, oh, yeah, no. <laughs> I love it. It's so cute. Yeah. Um, and I've had ideas of stuff since, like to, to of moments of stuff that I wanted to kind of write since, but I just, I didn't sit down to write them at the time. And it's weird because I've, I've found that when, when inspiration strikes, like you have to just put it down, whatever you're doing and write it or record the the scratch you know thought or yeah. whatever because if not you lose it yep yep uh, there. sometimes like you have the best idea and then you wait too long or you have dinner or you finish your shower and then it's like oh mm-hmm. what was it that this great idea that i was just singing and humming i can't remember to mm-hmm. save my life so yeah um and now with the campaign wrapping up i've actually written a couple things i just haven't released them um so i actually have uh one song 
I actually did a Caleb and Essex song, <gasps> which is written, and it is currently um, being instrumented by some other Critter Bards. Hey. And then I did another song, um, which I actually reached out to the community, and I reached out to, to all the Critters, and I was like, hey, if there are any new Critters that aren't involved in the music stuff, uh, but want to be, hit me up. And so I brought a bunch of people on board um, that had never done anything before to, with the community. So that's kind of fun. And that's a huge project that's actually in the final mixing stages right hey. now. Um, so yeah. that's going to be another big, like, choral piece, mm-hmm. um, kind of in that echoey, or echoing the Killers of Kirkistan song, oh, which my. that was a D&D song hey, that I put yeah. out. And that was based on Valseris Ardock. <gasps> my three-year campaign character. Oh, you got to dig into it now that you brought it up. (laughs) So I'm just all over the place. (laughs) That's fine. I was going to bring it up, but since you just so (laughs) smoothly, you know, transitioned into it, let's let's dig into it. We've got a, a, funny enough, as we're, the moment of recording this, this is the day after your three-year-long campaign has come to an end. You've had... Probably less, less, than less than 24, 24 hours. hours to process. Yep. So where are you at? Especially since you brought up that song. So I know that song means oh. the world to you. This character means yeah. the world to you. Yeah. Oh, this character. She she had put me through a roller coaster. Um, <laughs> so I know I've talked about this to some of the people that helped with the collaboration for Killers of Kyrgyzstan, but uh, I don't know if the general masses know or like the people on YouTube know. Yeah. So, Killers of Karkistan is based on Valseris. Um, Val for short. And so, how do I go into this? There were two warring city-states. And one of them, they had like their supply lines cut off. Mm. Right, so very famished town, um, shanty town, kind of built up around the the periphery of the the main city, kind of. And so when they were going through, like you could just see the people wasting away. Mm. Um, and okay, so she's a death cleric or a grave cleric. Um, she was a great cleric to Kellenvor. Um, how do I describe her? Um, <laughs> she gets branded creepy. Mm. Um, she she's an elf. She had the dark hair. She had like these uh, emerald bright eyes, right? Um, but she gave off that kind of creepy vibe her charisma was not very high <laughs> so when she would try to have interactions with people she would sometimes fumble her words they would get misconstrued you know so not the best best face mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, by any means uh, she also i had her pick up ritual casting so um she had a a familiar, a raven familiar. Mm. So here she is, this pale elf with dark hair, dark robes, a 
dark raven on her shoulder and she had a shadow steed that she could ritual cast so she was literally riding in on a black <laughs> horse um she had a a scythe like a sickle mm. um as her her hand weapon so just all kinds of juicy you know dark mm-hmm. creepy things um but anyway so in all the best intentions gone awry she had just learned the create food and water spell. And so she went at in like at the end of the day, night has just fallen. She goes to the gates of the city and she tries to call over some youths uh, and she casts create food and water. Mm -hmm. And this ends up creating this massive riot in the shanty town because mm. people are like there's food and so they start like ripping each other to shreds it starts a fire that just catches mm. and so at the end of the night there's 808 people that are dead wow so she is the killer of Kyrgyzstan and so she goes to a trial after this um she has to do penance um she has a shovel that gets like soul bound to her so anytime that she kills anyone in battle she has to bury them uh, as part of her penance um anytime that she get, gets any and it goes in her pouch it's attributed to families of the dead like she doesn't get to keep any money mm. um so she did she did her penance um and and then this was that that's all from where Killers of Kyrgyzstan came from. But before then, she even had she had another dark arc, Uh-oh. and she was the lone survivor of a TPK. <laughs> so she lost her entire party um, to fire elementals. No. Because yeah, because a the govern the governor like the mayor of this town uh, decided that. He was going to be a bad guy. He was bored of being good. And he went against the whole party and destroyed her party. Oh, my God. So she has this long. Yeah. And then. <laughs> it's just been a roller coaster. Everything ties into fire, too, right? First fire elementals, then 808 people died because of in fire. fire. Yes. Oh, my God. And then towards towards the the end, um, she had she did have a glorious moment though, hey. where a uh, they were fighting a shadow dragon. Mm-hmm. And I remember this. You told me about that. She she was she got taken down, but then she rose as a shadow. And was literally like engulfed in flames, and was like coming after her own party. And, like <laughs> we got out of that by the skin of our teeth. Just oh, it was yeah. it was crazy, but but we did it. We did it. That's very um, cool. And now, yeah, now it's now it's over. Uh, the group has been avenged. The the town is safe again, um, and. Who knows if we'll ever see Val again, and no. I'm not ready for that. No, well, well, there's a campaign you're running. I don't know if she'll show up or anything. But I kind of thought about it. Mm-hmm. 
I kind of, I was like, I wonder if I could make her make a little guest appearance. Because, mm-hmm. heart. Yeah, it's not like, <laughs> not like we'll be mad at you. <laughs> I'm like, I'm so used to seeing like the different guys from D&D Beyond and all that play their characters in all these different campaigns. And it's the same characters every time, so yes. why not? What if what if Val is a deity in this new world? Who knows? Who knows? It's it's your world to create and try to murder it. No, <laughs> no, no. I mean, there will only be slight murdering, slight murdering, and hopefully, yeah, yeah hopefully not. Yeah, just not, li- just you know, light murders. <laughs> it's like it's a it's like a diet murder. Like it's not all the calories of a full murder. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, we'll we'll have we'll have ways around around it. Hopefully, we're you know we get good endings, whether that's happy or melancholy or you know whatever. It's yeah. it's gonna be depending on on you guys, but yeah. hopefully, it's just Dep- we, we want to have fun. Yeah, yeah depending on how fun. chaotic we are. <laughs> Wrang- was it a uh, wrangling kittens or something like that? Or <laughs> oh, no, yeah, that's what we're gonna be. Oh, uh, that's awesome. So, rounding things off, we've, we've talked about um, music and D&D, and I think this last question was really good because it tied in so much to this campaign that just ended. Um, I want to ask you, if yeah. your music was a subclass in Dungeons & Dragons... Oh. oh. Yeah, but that's it for a second, so that we can think about it. But if your own personal music, and let's just go from like everything, like from from where you started from to where you're at now, if that was a subclass, what whether it's an already established subclass or if you just want to have fun with it right now and kind of DM improv what your music would would be if it was a subclass, and you can take a moment, we can we can edit the the gap out. While you think about Yo, it. No, I don't know. Ah. <laughs> uh. Yeah, I think this this came up, I think, uh, like last interview. And I thought it was really good. And I was like, ooh. I'm going to ask like, this every... Like, it has to be like a bard subclass? No, it can be any... Whatever, whatever subclass you think of your music has. So, like, if you think it's just... Your music is about strength and power. And you're belting these... These, you know, notes, and you're like, I'm a I mean, barbarian and, 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 subclass. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it doesn't have to be a bard subclass. It can literally be. No, I, I think. Uh, <laughs> I, I think maybe in real life there's a there's a healing aspect. Mm. Um. I I would have to go cleric. I. I feel like in real life, maybe I I would be a cleric, um, and so maybe my music would would fall somewhere in a in a cleric subclass, but I'm not sure mm. where. Because uh, clerics clerics can can heal, but then clerics can also do a little damage, yeah. kind of hold their own. So I don't I don't know I don't really know class to name that, but I. I would say I'm, I'm in the cleric family. Okay. You know, just from this interview, I'm like, 
If you're a cleric, so then that means that moment where you were in another country in a century-old church and you're sitting there listening to music, that would probably be your subclass then. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Which <This is> true. <laughs> I could see that. Your music does yeah. bring that, so I can I can see that. Uh, yeah. yeah, I heard a piece where you harmonized for just two minutes. <laughs> and I was like, actually, you can see me. I can show you exactly what I look like. The yeah. listeners are going to be like, what's happening? It got quiet. And yeah, Megami's laughing. But literally, when I got to that 44-second minute, I'm like at work yeah. typing. And you 44 seconds, I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> I, so, yeah, and for those listening, I like looked like I was about to fall out of my chair because at 44 seconds into this harmonization, I was like, "What is happening in this wonderful?" I I think I sh- like I legit shredded my throat that day. Yeah, like, I remember you're like, it was, <laughs> it was it, like I I'm a first soprano. I sing up in the clouds, and so like for me to go this low, I was like, Whoa. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you're using auto tune like Colin McGinnis and. <laughs> nah, bruh, bruh. Yeah, I, I have. I think I have auto tune or something similar to it. Yeah. Uh, on my DAW, but I like, nah. honestly, I've never used it. Yeah, yeah, that was a, that never was a dig at Colin. So. <laughs> and he's like, everybody doesn't believe he can sing that low, but. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I do have another question. Yes. And, and it's it's I'm I'm still testing this question. It happened okay. it, like this the last one it happened in this last interview and I thought it was interesting. But um would you say as a musician I've I've heard kind of like the like the tried and true true saying that I think musicians tell other musicians and that's when you're making music you're not making I guess you're making music for people to listen to but at the end you're trying to make the thing that you want to listen to. Would you say that that's what you're trying to do? Like, I'm making music that I want to listen to. Um, I think yes, in a way. Okay. Um, but I think it's more, more so than creating music that I want to listen to. It's creating music that is helping me process a thought Mm. or is helping me process a feeling or it's a thought that I have that I'm trying to, like I'm trying to challenge myself into conveying a thought or conveying a feeling. Okay. Um, whatever form that might take. So it might not necessarily be, you know, I'm, I'm don't maybe necessarily want to listen to sea shanties all day, but for this particular story that I want to try to tell, I'm going to challenge myself to tell it this way. Mm. Um, and so for me, I think, I think that's kind of where I'm at. Like my, my cousin, um, again, this is the the music producer. He was like, you know, whatever you do, he said, don't, don't try. And I, I take this to heart. He's like, don't try to listen to what other people are doing, mm-hmm. you know, use them as inspiration. Sure. But like, don't try to copy what somebody else is doing. Like, always try to be finding your sound. And so that kind of stuck with me because I want to do and I want to work on what's making me happy at that moment, right? Mm-hmm. And if I'm wanting to explore lo-fi, then I'm going to explore lo-fi. And if I'm wanting to explore sea shanty, 
can explore sea shanties. And if I want to go completely out of my comfort zone and do a rap, which you know about that, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'm going to take two and three weeks to write bars and push myself because I can't grow any other way. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it, it, I think it's multifaceted. It's more about processing and conveying and learning and growing for me more so than what I necessarily want to hear. Very, very cool. I was like, almost like, am I going to do this? I'm going to do this question. And if it's weird, I'll cut it out. But I'm glad I did it because I'm testing that because my next, my, my, I guess I just really liked your, your answer. So I kind of don't want to ask the second part of this, but I am, I am mostly drawn to this. (laughs) The second part of this question, because of the comedian Donald Glover um, from Community, who in one of his stand-up bits, because he's also a musician and stuff like that as well, mentioned that he was in the mixing and mastering process of one of his albums, and he gets in the car and he picks up his friend, and so he's like, kind of like, oh, I wonder what the mix sounds like in the car, because I think most musicians have that give it the old car test and see if it sounds good in the car. Yeah. Um, and so when he picks up the friend, the friend is all like, oh my gosh, is that you? And then he's like, yeah, it's me, you know. It's... And then they're like, ugh, you listen to your own music? And, <laughs> and it's like this taboo thing that musicians shouldn't listen to their own music. But yet, time and time again, I think musicians are given that, that advice of make music that you would listen to. But yet, the taboo is you're not supposed to listen to your own music. So my... Okay. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So the second yeah. part of that is, if you do make music that you want to listen to, do you actually listen to your own music? I listen to some of my own music. Um, so this is weird too because, like, I sound one way in my head when I'm talking, but like, if I listen to myself in a voicemail, I hate how I sound. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, everybody um, does. <laughs> yeah, and. And so, like, sometimes I will record a song and I feel happy when I'm recording it. And then when it's done, it's like, oh, yeah, okay, this is good. But in my head, it still kind of sounds different, like, when I was actually doing it. So sometimes, like, I'll have something recorded and I just don't like how I sound Mm. in it. And people are like, oh, this is good. I'm like awesome i'm glad you like it but there's always that little bit of like i don't always a hundred percent like my own voice Mm. um especially after i'm you know singing into a microphone the whole time it's like okay I'm, i'm i'm good i'm good with it um but here so like here lately another thing that i've been doing to try and grow is i have been working on a chill album mm-hmm. um and i'm going completely non-lyrical with it oh. um so i it's very pushing out of that comfort zone to do um like more track work oh. and so i have a feeling that i'll be listening to that gotcha because that is totally something that i would want to listen to mm-hmm. and it doesn't have that little bit of well, maybe, you know, maybe they're not going to judge me or maybe I just don't have to listen to my voice the whole time. It's okay. Yeah. I'll feel better because I can just listen to it. Um, but stuff stuff that I've done in collaboration with people, like the big choral pieces, that stuff I could listen to all day. Like I've listened to Killers of Kyrgyzstan so many times just because the choir sounds so amazing. Mm. And I, I just love hearing all the voices together. 
So that stuff, yeah, that stuff, I'll listen to it. I'm sorry, I'll listen to my own own stuff there. Yeah, no, don't apologize. Because I think as musicians, we need to get to the place where it's like, if we're supposed to be making music for ourselves, then it should be okay for us to listen to ourselves and yeah. maybe get yeah. over some of that like imposter syndrome we all have and Ugh. be confident in like, you know what? I, I did do my best on that and I know it's good. And yeah. I think that the truth though, like we, we talked a little bit about that too. Like I still struggle sometimes with my stuff isn't good enough. Like, why am I on this server? Why am I help like mm-hmm. collaborating with these people? Why am I throwing ideas out? Yeah. And then you just kind of have to be like, no, you know, you do some good crap. Like, shut your face yeah. and just <laughs> be confident enough to go talk to somebody. Yeah. And the creative collaboration process irons out any wrinkles, and you produce cool stuff. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah, no, I'm I'm there. I'm there. <laughs> I feel ya. Yeah. Well, this has been amazing. We've we've we're already at an hour. Like we've we've oh hit an gosh. hour. Yeah. And we've been chatting the whole time. Um, can I say one last thing? Sure. About one one more character because I know that you talked to Chase oh. on one of your previous. He's he's one he's, of your... he's number one. He's and yeah. And even on his thing, I mentioned because I we brought I brought up the one shot because I'm like. I need to bring up this one shot because you are a superstar. I'm like, there were memes. You were memed. Um, I'm like, and you stole everybody's heart so much that there was memes. I'm sure there's yeah. going to be stories that uh, grandkil- grandchildren are going to be hearing about this air genasi and uh, is everything a dog? And so, yeah, so... Yeah, oh my gosh, everything being a dog. Um, so, no, I, this is one of those things, so... Chase obviously played Dalius on this one shot, mm-hmm. and he was an Erjanasi monk, and it was adorable. And I was playing a seven foot tall Goliath barbarian. Nice. <laughs> and somehow they like they were both just innocent and naive, and like looking at the world through these fresh eyes. And it was just so adorable. Like, I immediately fell in love with his character. <laughs> and, like, I, I, so my character's name is Nivu. And I'm totally shipping them 100% to be, like, besties forever. <laughs> because they're just adorable and innocent. And they need to go learn about the world together. <laughs> and I want to play a whole campaign or an extended arc with them. Just learning to be best friends. And oh, he was just too cute, just too <laughs> too adorable. He like flew up in the air with his little little flying boots, and he was just like looking up at him, like oh, completely shocked. She's like, "Oh my god, I love your boots!" And he just like turns purple because he blushed and he's blue, you know. Yeah. And so it was just like adorable, yeah. and I just I can't get it up. It was just the sweetest. Yeah, I can imagine. Sweetest. I've I've said this to him. That dude can RP his butt off. And he's just like, no, I'm not good. And I'm like, I, I mean, I told him, I'm like, there's one time where in the campaign I was playing with him, he like shouted at me, 
And I forgot I was like this murderous assassin rogue. I became Jake all of a sudden. And I was like, I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, and then I was like, oh, no, wait a minute. I'm the rogue. I'm not afraid of you. <laughs> but I had the moment where I was me. I'm like, stop yelling at me, Chase. Like, oh, no. We're friends. I'm like, no, wait a minute. That's right. The rogue isn't taking your crap today, sir. But um, yeah. Yeah. Like that oh, guy. But that, it was just so good. It was, yeah. it was just so good. I, know. I would, I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall. Because it sounded I really, so much fun. I kind of really wanted to record it, but I didn't, and I <laughs> wish I had now because it was so good. But so I've gotten, I have, I've put out two pieces of art for that, and I've got the third one done, hey. and I'll be posting it on Twitter at some point. But I still need Very to do cool. the last two characters. Fun. Awesome. Which, speaking of Twitter, but, yeah, if people are looking for more of your music and D and D stuff from you. Where can they find you on the internet? Uh, on the interwebs. So if if you are a Twitter folk, you can just go to at Sama underscore Megami. So S-A-M-A underscore M-E-G-A-M-I. And my profile actually has my linked tree. And that has all the things. So like you can... Every now and then I'll get on Twitch and I'll do like art stuff and every now and then I'll put new stuff up on YouTube. So, but Twitter, Twitter's kind of my, my default, my go-to. I just kind of hang out and word vomit or picture <laughs> vomit or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Um, yeah, this was so much fun. Me. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited. Absolutely. This is, I think, my first po- second podcast I've ever been on. Oh, nice. You're going to start a podcast soon now, watch. That's usually what happens. Mm, you're no. on a couple, and the next thing you know, you're doing a podcast. I don't have time for that. Especially with this new new campaign building toy. Mm. I, I mean, that's like the next 40 hours of my life, at least. That's true. That's true. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well I'll, let you, I'll let you go... So that way, uh, yeah, you can get back to planning for the campaign. Thanks again for being on the podcast. And thank you, everyone, for listening. And we'll see you next episode. Bye, everybody! (laughs) A war-torn land split in two Famine and poverty Now the rule Five adventures come to town And hollow eyes just stay A dark-winged raven above her head Shadows from her steeds every step Cloaked in purple, black, and dread We should have seen it coming then Here come the killers of Kyrgyzstan Laying waste all across the Chaos unleashed, a fresh new hell.
toll has been high. They must face what they've done, and it all falls back to just the one good intention. The trial that is held leaves her life, but now there's a curse, and she's forced to make right what she took in both life and through Beware the killer of crime.